welcome to a new Degrassi podcast entitled, I hope I can make it through, a Degrassi rewatch and first time watch. I'm Frank, I'm here as the guinea pig. And I'm Donnie, the one who's unfortunately uh, the one who grew up with Degrassi. So I guess we should just start with our relationship with the series first, right? Like, you know, okay. <laughs> what we know of, what we don't know about it. Um, so I guess a little bit of background for me, um, I am 27, so I'm pretty much like smack dab in the target audience for Next Generation when it came out. Um, so as somebody who was a very angsty, weirdo teenager, like Degrassi spoke to me, I actually got into it around like the third season because it was randomly on some friend's house and I was entirely transfixed in it. Um, it was like an Ellie-centric episode, so fans, you know Ellie, like she was like my girl and I was automatically into it. So I began trying to re-explore the series kind of out of order. Um, and you know, I grew up, I kept watching the series, I kept checking in, I still watch the Netflix series, I have my opinions on every twist and turn. Um, but I think a big thing about the series is, as somebody who writes young adult, this is kind of your go-to series and it's something that so many academics and writers and everybody kind of revisits like when you think teen targeted media you think Degrassi um so I was like wow I really want to revisit this see what what still holds up in 2018 what doesn't but I didn't want to do it alone and that's where I found Frank <laughs> to take on this endeavor if you'd like to talk about your relationship I had never watched a single episode until today <laughs> I it was like there's certain things out in the world that are so established and they're just so big that like I get intimidated trying to get into them like um uh if you're on the internet and like in the deep webs uh Homestuck mm -hmm. I don't know where to start with Homestuck Same. and I'm at I'm 32 so I'm a bit older, I think, than the Degrassi target audience, but still, I'm, like, it was just, I, I just saw this giant block of, like, nine seasons, and I was like, uh, I'm gonna just bounce back, because um, I just, you, you hit a certain age, and you're like, I'm so busy, I have to prioritize what I'm watching, so, but I also do a teen media podcast, and we, I think we're eventually gonna get to Degrassi, but we weren't going to focus on it. Mm -hmm. um, that's Teen Girl Talk, if you're looking for another podcast. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, so, like, this is where we're kind of at. Um, and that's kind of the whole premise of this, is this whole idea of either revisiting the series and seeing what parts of your, your teenage years <laughs> were entirely wasted, or maybe you learned something that was okay through this series. Um, but also looking at it from a new set of eyes, um, like, because yes, okay, we're not teenagers anymore, we're not necessarily the target audience, but, um, and you'll see with Degrassi, like, if you're familiar with Degrassi, you know, like, there's adult plots that take up a lot of the earlier seasons, there is a lot about, you know, growing up and trying to face new themes, and you see that with a lot of these characters, so we definitely kind of want to see if this is still worth being in the pantheons of teen media i i think i'm i haven't confirmed it but i'm kind of guessing that the reason there's an adult plot in this show as well as the um as well as the like you know the teenager plot is that like if all these people are roughly their ages they were all under the same like lower age acting rules like yes. did you ever see uh my so-called life yeah yeah that, that the whole reason we focus so much on Patty and Graham is because 
uh, Claire Danes could not, like, act as long as they needed to, like, fill up a whole episode. So they're like, well, we'll throw some stuff with the parents. Yeah, yeah, which, like, to be fair, I love that series. Like, oh, yeah. I actually found the adult stuff very compelling, and, I, like, you know, if you could do it well, that works. We, I watched, we, uh, we watched, um, the first five episodes a mm-hmm. little while ago. It still holds up. Yeah, no, I just finished it, like, a couple, like, I got Hulu, and basically as soon as I got Hulu, I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, like, it was truly a joy. Um, I am Brian Krakow, except not as weird as Brian Krakow gets about things. Yeah, please. Gosh. <laughs> um, but, like, as you, you know, like, I think that kind of is good to reiterate here. It's like, we, we don't want this to be the type, at least I don't want this, and I'm, Frank, I'm sure you agree. Like, we don't want this to be this thing where we trash teen media. Um, no. Because we're both deep passion, like, we have a deep passion for it, whether it's yeah. creating for the target audience or just enjoying media from the target audience and sharing it out with the world. Like, we don't want this to be the, the like, hour-long episodes in which we just entirely tear apart Degrassi. Yeah, we're, we're not here to, we're not here to be negative, we're here to, like, accentuate the positive and yeah. kind of, like, cringe at the negative. <laughs> exactly. So, like, let's just kind of hop to it. So we're going to start with Degrassi, The Next Generation, um, which for those of you who lived under a rock, I guess, or maybe you just Me. weren't familiar, yeah, or maybe you weren't familiar with the series, <laughs> this is technically a spinoff of the original uh, Degrassi entity, which you kind of saw in um, the 70s and 80s. And, and, you know, oh, this is probably good to mention because it is Degrassi. We're American. <laughs> so we did not get we we did not necessarily have this experience with the series, but many Canadians can probably tell you is especially the seventies and eighties. Uh, Degrassi entities were shown a whole lot in um, on Canadian television, and apparently that like maintained its momentum. Like that's why the next generation happened was because like the creators were still getting feedback, and like if you talk to a lot of the actors, I was reading some interviews, and like half of them were like, "Yeah, I know about Degrassi because they showed episodes in our health class." <laughs> <laughs> it was like a whole bunch of them they're like yeah i remember like i remember like the abortion episode like i remember like this thing and like my health teacher put it on because like i don't know i guess there was something we can get out of it but like it's an institution before the next generation it was an institution in many ways in canadian culture um so like we didn't necessarily have that exposure but for, and of course, people know, like, it got a lot of syndication in the U.S. It really gained a lot of traction in the U.S. Um, and then, you know, the Canadian, the Next Generation series um, is, technically a spin, is technically a spinoff, which is a lot to unpack because this first episode, the well, first two episodes, a two-parter of um, Mother and Child Reunion, it's like... Like, I, I watched it out of order, so by the time I watched the first episode, I knew everybody, kind of, or, like, I knew that there was a Degrassi beforehand, so any of the adults, I didn't really know them, but I knew that they probably came from the series before, and I'm like, okay, stuff happened, fine, whatever. But, like, you went into it not knowing, so, like... <laughs> it, it's, like, going into, a re- it's going into, like, reimagine Doctor Who, where I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool, I can go back and watch all the old adventures... But I don't feel completely lost. I felt a little bit lost when they're mentioning certain stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I still felt like, oh, you know, this is, it's a pretty strict, it's not like, it's not like reading comics, American comics, where you're just like, oh, you didn't read like 500 other adventures of Batman? Well, guess what? You won't get this. <laughs> yeah, like it's not entirely dense, but it's still like, 
kind of odd. And I guess, like, what's good is to just kind of, like, kick it off. So the, we're going to focus on the first episode from the first season of Degrassi, The Next Generation. As I said before, it's part one and two, mother and child reunion. Um, and, like, for... Let's kind of focus on you. How about how would you summarize this episode? Um, your words. <laughs> I have the summary up on my phone. If you if you flounder, I, I also have it up on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there's two plots. The um, the A plot is the dangers of the early internet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the uh, the B plot is. Awkward. <laughs> the, the, for me, the B plot is this is exactly why I didn't go to my high school reunion. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Mine's like coming up next year, and I'm like, this is why. Because there's gonna be a fight when I'm making a really moving speech about how much better I am than people. It's just like, I don't get it. Like, I I was okay. I left high school okay with the people I knew. Yeah. But it's not. It's not like I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to see these folks again. It's like. I think we've grown apart. It's been ten years since I saw half these people. <laughs> yeah, so like, the so we're using terminology, and for those of you who are familiar with Degrassi episodes and how they're laid out, you probably know this very well. You have your A plot, which is like what the plot that the episode opens with. So in this case, the plot opens with the internet plot, which is about Emma, who is, um who is Spike's daughter. So if you're familiar with the original series, you know that she had a kid, um, very, very young. And this is kind of the connector to the spinoff is, oh, well, what if that kid then grew up and, uh, you know, became a teenager and then, you know, was going to Degrassi. So that's kind of their connector and how they kind of made sense of it. Anyway, her experience with the internet with some boy um, that she meets online in some amorphous way, that's her your A plot. Your B plot is usually the other plot that's running. Um, it's still important. Like, apparent, like, I was looking it up. The emphasis a lot of the time is kind of character development in that one. It's not necessarily going to move and shake as much as your A plot. But it will give you an idea of the characters' interiors and their motivations and their interests and kind of set the stage, perhaps, for an A-plot later on. Um, so in this case, you had your internet A-plot. Your B-plot was bringing the gang back to <laughs> your high school reunion. It's the it's the crew from uh, the class of 91, right? Uh, I yeah, guess. Yeah, <laughs> 91 of uh, the Degrassi crew. So you had, like, your, your classic people coming back. Um... And this was the first time I had rewatched the episode since I actually watched the original series because mm -hmm. I had watched it a couple years back. And I excuse excuse me in advance because I'm gonna get so many things confused because like at this point I've consumed so much Degrassi that everyone's plots just kind of morph into one. Um, so, but you meet a lot of the characters like a significant amount, um, and you kind of see where they're at, and it was interesting. It was interesting as somebody who is whose high school experience is me literally never talking to like anybody from high school. Like I talked to two people. Mm -hmm. I if I saw most other people, I would not make eye contact with them. <laughs> so the thought of like going to a reunion and being like, oh boy, oh it's time to see the gang, and like it's like it's weird because it's like when when I was a kid watching this episode, my fear was, oh god, what if people on the internet are lying to me or like you know, oh no. But now now I'm 27, and I'm like, oh god, I never want to see people ever again. What? Why are these people like freaking out? Like Caitlin, I had this visceral reaction. I don't know about you. 
where Caitlin's like, I'm almost 30. And then like everything went black and white for me for a second. And I was like, oh no. Oh God, time is marching on. <laughs> well, I'm 32. Yeah. And I hit 30 and was just like, eh, I'm not going to die anytime soon. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. Yeah. But like, <laughs> like Caitlin literally says that twice in the episode. I know. I keep thinking about that too. I'm just like, oh no, Caitlin, it's. It's not that bad. <laughs> Honestly, one of the reasons, uh, like, I had a kind of similar high school experience. I was very depressed in high school, mm-hmm. and I was, um, I always thought people thought I was just on, like, just massive amounts of weed. Um, <laughs> There's always, like, that one kid, I feel like, at school, too, that, like, it's they're not actually, but, like, everyone just assumes. <laughs> well, it was just, like, I was so sad my emotions kind of shut down, so I stopped, like reacting to things yeah. properly yeah so i didn't get angry i didn't get sad i didn't get mad or get happy i was just like oh, yeah whatever that's cool but like and I've, I've never smoked i never drank i'm you know straight edge whatever um but i'm also worried about going back to going back to high, uh, my high school reunion and it's gonna be like that 30 rock episode where liz thinks that she was bullied but in fact she was the bully yeah <laughs> Like, I, <laughs> unfortunately, like, I feel like, and I feel like what I, I, now, once again, I think a lot of things are like blurring together for me. And I feel like if we can get through the next generation or even just like, you know, to dabble in some of the original series, it'd be kind of interesting. But, um, like the movie, like the Degrassi schools out movie, like it ends on this really like terrible note, like. Frank, I don't know if you want me to save this for you, but, like, everything ends and everything's such a mess. And it's, like, to a point that, like, I was watching this episode and I'm, like, watching everyone be kind of okay. And, like, I was, like, trying to make sense of this because I was, I was like, there's two things. It was, like, I was kind of, like, you know, things in high school are so magnified, right? Like, mm-hmm. we feel so much that sometimes, like, even though we're adults, we still hold that bitterness toward people. And, like, oh, yeah. you, you remember their full name. And, like, for whatever reason, this person's full name has been seared into your memory. Um, and you still hold that anger and still hold that bitterness. Um, and But then also there is the time heals all wounds. And, like, we don't entirely know how in touch a lot of these characters have been since high school. But, like, there were some weird, like, everyone was just kind of okay. Is it, are you talking about schools out or this? Like, now, like, in the in the reunion, like, yeah. everyone coming together, it was just, like, bygones be bygones, <laughs> and, like... I like I was I couldn't say for sure, but did somebody get into a car accident and yes, it was somebody Lucy. else's fault? Yes, yes, okay, so hopefully I'm gonna get names right, and, like, could I look this up right now? I could, um, but that movie ends on the note of, like, Lucy gets in the car. She was the one with the cane. Mm-hmm. Like Lucy gets in a car with Wheels, who um is a guy that's in the original series. He um drives while intoxicated, gets into an accident, and she gets like really seriously injured in it. So like, <laughs> it, it's like this. There's this really weird exchange kind of about where they like establish that which I assume helps, like, viewers who haven't watched it, like, yourself. Like, you haven't seen a movie you didn't know that happened. But, like, she's just like, yeah, it's just, it's just whatever. Like, <laughs> just life has to keep going. <laughs> and, like, it was, like, this weird, like, I don't want to, it didn't go all the way that, like, disability porn usually goes in, but it had that weird, similar tone of, like, well, I had to keep going. 
Yeah. Like, life marches on. It sucked, but I got, I'm getting my PhD. <laughs> there did, like, that was, that just seemed so in, incongruous to me that everybody seemed so positive towards everybody about, like, everything. I was just like, is this just the American in me coming out where I'm just like, <laughs> why is everybody, like, it, it felt kind of, I don't want to use the term Mary Sueish, but like we gotta smooth over all the edges that could possibly yeah. be. Well, yeah. Well, no, I agree. I feel like it runs so smoothly, considering because it's like okay, so Joey has his concerns because of his trauma that he's recently gone through, right? Yeah. Like his concerns is like, oh, my wife died. Like you know, I don't really feel up for this, which is like valid. Like I get it, um, but like Joey screwed up pretty badly, like. In, in the original series, and, like, you know, I just feel like, like, he, he was kind of a character who was a bit of a shit-stirrer and things like that in his own right, that, like, I don't know, if I was that kind of dude, like, I'd be like, oh, no, who's coming? Oh, man, like, <laughs> I, I did X, Y, and Z to this person. Like, those would be my worries. But, like, mm. once again, trauma, valid. It just, but, like, it did read, like you said, like, it was very smoothed over. It didn't speak to the anxieties that I have if I see people in high school, like, yeah. from high school now. Like, I feel like if I see people from high school, my concerns are, like, oh, are they going to, like, you know, treat me really weird because I'm gay and I'm non-binary? Um, oh, well, that person was, like really rude and stuck up to me and I don't think I can actually keep a poker face talking to them at this point in my life <laughs> like that's what I think when I'm going to a reunion but like those anxieties weren't really talked about very much yeah it was like and um her well, her name was Claire Catherine Claire Caitlin Caitlin yeah <laughs> um Kate uh and like Kate and Brain her super awful boyfriend Keith oh my god Keith I've blocked Keith out of my mind he's such a caricature (laughs) (laughs) to be fair also I feel like this was the pilot episode you know yeah yeah we had to like be very overt like here's the bad Americans (laughs) Americans only think about themselves (laughs) oh sorry sorry Sorry. I've been watching so much Canadian stuff lately. Oh, get ready. Because I'm just like, I'm wondering if the, the sorry is like, just getting into my brain. It probably <laughs> is. But like, I, I remember like, I would like marathon this show a lot as a kid. And like, just the pronunciation patterns would get like <laughs> seared into my memory. And I would have to like, because I, I, you know, I don't have like a thick Jersey accent. But like, I feel like if you hear me, you know I'm from Jersey. And like, it would become this whole horrible amalgamation of like <laughs> canadian platitudes plus like new jersey harsh sounds and it's just like it's bad it's bad it's gonna happen eventually i'm sorry everybody sorry sorry i'm sorry everybody i feel like i need to disclaimer that like i don't hate canadians <laughs> some some of my good friends are canadians <laughs> but in all seriousness like this is no hate toward toward canadians it's just y- y'all got some vocal like habits that I'm very endeared by, but they're definitely different from like yeah. my my like East Coast uh, <laughs> New Jersey speaking patterns. It's fine. There's plenty of things you can make fun of the way I speak as I'm, well. Uh, we're, I'm going to Canada actually in October, mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to meeting y'all. <laughs> we're in Canada. 
uh, we're going to take a train to Montreal. Oh, okay. My sister and I. Nice, nice. No, Montreal's a great place. Yeah. Um, I promise. I swear. I love I love Canada. <laughs> um, I, I want to make that clear. Um, but, like, okay. So, but anyway, it's just, like, yeah, no, Caitlin. Ugh. Caitlin's <laughs> such a tough nut to crack. So she's a celebrity eco-warrior. <laughs> yeah, like, she hosts a show. Okay. Like, that's kind of her thing. She's, like, she is a celebrity, like, in the sense that, like, she hosts a show, and she does her own conservation efforts. Like, she does stuff, and, like, this is kind of building off of her character, because she was kind of the go-getter in, in her original series. Like, she was the one that, like, you know, cared about things. She would petition things. She would call out injustices and things like that. Um, so, like, she was, like, you know, trying to make things work. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit miffed. She had, like, a plot, which I had forgotten about until I read up on it. Like, she was having, like, fantasies about, I think, her teacher. Like, you know, having, like, crush on your teacher. Like, kind of, like, wondering if she was, like, into girls or not. And it was, like, actually done pretty well, if I recall correctly, especially for the 80s. And unfortunately, she appears to be straight by the time Next Generation <laughs> comes along. Which, like, in hindsight, I was like, wow, that would have been great. I would have loved that. <laughs> instead of dreadful-ass Keith. So, um... Donnie, you might have noticed I was frowning because uh, I did. I've been watching this show called Pretty Little Liars. Oh God! Which is buck wild. Truly, truly, <laughs> like nothing. Degrassi will never scratch the surface of how buck wild <laughs> Pretty Little Liars can be. And there is a teacher-student relationship. In oh. That, and I hated every second of yeah. it. I, I want to make it clear, like, that plot, like, I, although there is a lecherous teacher plot, there is a lecherous teacher plot in Degrassi, but they don't play it for, like, salaciousness. Like, it's bad. And they actually go pretty into the consequences and how trauma can kind of impact someone with a relationship like this. I was talking, like, an actually harmless, like, I have a crush on a teacher. And, <laughs> and, like, you know, I might be, am I gay? I don't know. Which is, like, a very real gay experience. Yeah. So, like, I want to make that clear, um, especially as an educator myself. Like, this is not, we're not talking, like, that other subplot or anything like that. But, yeah, no, pretty little, ugh. a lot of teen media, though, honestly. It's, like... It's just awful. Like, I, I'm just <laughs> okay. So I'm just gonna throw this out there. We, so my sister and I, do Teen Girl Talk. We've been doing it for a year. Mm-hmm. I am just, I've watched so much teen media over the year, and I've loved a fair amount of it. Hated a lot of it. Yeah. But I am just so tired of predatory adults. Yeah. Which is funny because of the B plot in this movie, in this show, in this episode. <laughs> Or the A plot. Yeah, the A plot. Oh, boy. We haven't even touched the A plot, which I think speaks also to the age of the viewers. We're like, oh, man, I don't know about my high school graduation. Like, we haven't even touched some of the parts of that. But, like, going back to... I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. Going back to A plot, though. Because there's no ambiguity there. No. It's just plain... Like, the B plot is kind of like people make mistakes... Bad things happen. We learn to forgive and forget. Growing up sucks. <laughs> the, the A plot is men are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> the internet oh, is no. horrifying. It just, it just, it goes there as the Degrassi tagline has always been. It was like, okay, so like, how 2001 was this plot? So. <laughs> On a scale of like body glitter to like, uh, I don't even know what. To, to, like, me dancing to NSYNC songs in my, my friend's basement. How 2001 was this plot? 
unbelievably. It was just like, oh boy. It's just like, oh, like, okay. I was trying to figure, how, how did they get in contact? Uh, how did, okay, so Emma has this internet boy, Jordan. How did they even start talking again? I don't remember. <laughs> um... I mean, there were chat rooms back in back in the but day. But was it explicitly a chat room? I don't remember. I don't think they ever bothered bringing it up. It's no. just she's talking to this boy. Yeah. And like this, this was the like, um, right above my recording place. There's a swim fan poster. Nice. I didn't um, even notice it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and like, in in that in that movie, um, Madison Bell, uh, the patron saint, set or the matron saint. I don't know, whatever. Um, sends a like Polaroid nude selfie to the guy she's obsessed with, and like I remember getting pictures online back then was a process and a half. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, for sure. Because like in like in today's modern times. Like, you can just start pulling, like, just type in, like, random people's names and just start pulling pictures from wherever. And it's just like, okay. And I was thinking about this, like, our privacy has been, uh, has, like, privacy has been lessened by how far the tendrils of the internet reach. Mm Mm-hmm. And part, like, I was thinking that this is, might be kind of a good thing for, like, monitoring, monitoring this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, this person doesn't come up on Facebook or any social media. Like, like I can just clearly find out Jordan doesn't actually exist. Well, it's like, it was really funny watching this in, like, a post-catfish, um, like, world. <laughs> where it's like, it's like, in my head, I'm like, did you reverse image search these pictures? <laughs> Like, All right, that didn't exist. Yeah, like, wait, you couldn't do that. Like, oh. But, like, it's kind of, like, funny kind of watching it from that type of lens because in your head, you're, like, you are, you become Neven Max going, like, <laughs> you do realize that they were just, like, saying what you wanted to hear. Like, it's, like, you kind of want to, like, sit there and be, like, oh, wait a second. But, like, it is kind of interesting, I think, also in that sense. It kind of speaks to how forbidden the internet used to be, mm-hmm. especially in 2001. Because, like, at that time... I was, like, on the verge. I don't think I was quite on fanfiction.net and things like that yet. I think I was on, but I was on the verge. So, like, it was still, like, me seeing, like, fan websites and, like, going through, like, I don't know, GeoCities websites and reading, like, Yu Hakusho fanfic and stuff like that. And, like, and then, like, eventually going to LiveJournal, which, you know, if you're familiar with LiveJournal, if you're my age or up, like, you know, live journal is such, like, a very specific type of community, and it's, like, this really weird thing where it's, like, you can be in communities, you can talk to people, and then if you want, you can let them into your blog. Like, you can let them follow and become friends, and you can have them access your thoughts and access your weird stuff that you do as you go about your day and things like that. Um, and, and it's, like, you know, and during that time, like, obviously you're told, like, don't use your real name. Mm-hmm. Don't use, like, you know, don't give any information that people can figure out where you live and things like that. And, like, you know, while I was clearly breaking my family's rules even talking to these people, like, I still was not using my name and things like that. And it kind of speaks to, like, how different the internet is, you know, like, 15, going on 20 years later, where you have people, like, Everybody has social media. Everybody's real names or some variation of their name is on it. Like, I use my first name in a world where I usually wouldn't have. Like, 
it's just an entirely different beast and it's like oh wow so um i want to tell a story um about my adventures on youtube that actually kind of is like this oh god um okay i was I really liked the show Digimon, mm-hmm. uh, and I started talking to a person whose aim screen name was X Mimi Tachikawa or X. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, oh, maybe I could, like, we could meet up sometime, and that was the end of us ever talking. Yeah. And it was just like, I was desperate for a friend. Like, I assumed the person I was talking to was my age, but they might have been 40 or 50. Yeah. And just like, oh god, this person's far, like... No, <laughs> they might have been sensible. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, it's weird. I mean, if like, like the internet in general is very, I don't know, it's a very odd, it's still an odd place. Like, you know, all, all of like our understandings of the internet from 2018 versus 2001, it's still a bizarre place. And like, it's just, it's so hard for me to consume a lot of this media when it has internet portrayals because I find that while concerns about the internet and meeting people online are totally valid Mm -hmm. it's also incredibly difficult for me to fully relate to a lot of the narratives because like in my case like i was making friends and like i feel as though if we wanted to truly go in like the it's just like it just goes too far i feel like i feel like every single person on the internet is a predator in a lot of these plots as opposed to as in, like, they're, like, this very cliched, like, the the guy Jordan ends up being this, like, I don't know, like, bleh, I don't, can't really gauge his age, but, like. I want to say mid-30s, yeah, maybe older. Yeah, yeah, like, 30-something-year-old white dude who has this all planned. It's, like, it's kind of hard, because to me, like, a lot of internet predation, and I think, unfortunately, a lot of people from my era can kind of speak to this if we reflect enough on it, is, like. It, it's not really a person pretending to be 15. It's actually a person who is 30 and then uses their clout in, in a fandom or in a community and manipulates you into doing stuff. And, like, if we want to talk about the ills of the internet and the ills of meeting people when you have a mutual interest in Emma's case's environment, but you could easily put fandom. You can easily put, like, anything. Like, I think that's where the true predator is. It's the person who uses their power and manipulates you know, children to kind of do their stuff. And unfortunately, like, this plot doesn't really speak to it, and I don't really know very many that do. Granted, I find that the internet is really only just starting to reflect on this, so perhaps this is a direction that we will see later on in media, but, like, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, not everybody, guy on the, uh, like, not every person you meet online is just this 30-something-year-old dude. (laughs) God! (laughs) Um, it doesn't, like, the only, I think, positive one I've seen is, like, the show, is the, um, uh, the movie You've Got Mail, or the movie You've Got Mail, and the movie Drive Me Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like, yeah. But, like, you try and think of some, and it's like, you kind of draw a blank, because unfortunately a lot of them follow Degrassi's kind of formula of, like, this same thing. And, like, you know, once again, I do think that there is some things that you can kind of pull out of this episode, especially in 2001, like, where the ills of the internet are still trying to be fully figured out. But, like, it's so hard to revisit (laughs) at this age, in this day and age specifically, because it's just... 
I guess it kind of shows how in many ways, especially the early seasons, are a time capsule. And I feel like we're going to feel this way about a lot of, <laughs> a lot of things coming down the pipeline. Well, like, one of the things I did like was that somebody, like, her friend, uh... Is it about Manny? Because Manny's the best. Yeah, uh, the, the new kid. Or Toby? Yeah, Toby and Manny. Um, one of them says, like, like, her friend said, her, she has a female friend that I forget the name Manny, of. Manny, she's great. Okay, alright. I'm biased. Sorry. Uh, Manny is, like, she's really smart, and one of the boys is like, yeah, there's a difference between being smart at school and being smart in this. Yeah, no, that was really good. Actually, like, so let's talk about the pals, because, like, Degrassi's an ensemble effort. So, like, you know, you may like a couple of your characters, but ultimately, like, you know, they're going to have friends and connections and everything like that. And, like, I'm very torn from, like, a writing perspective with that. So, like, Manny, JT, and Toby all work together to eventually find out where Emma is, that Emma's in trouble, and they they ultimately are, like, the reason why the day can get saved, which is great. But, like, what I kept thinking about was, like, Toby knows Manny and Emma for, like, 0.5 seconds. (laughs) And, like, I understand his friendship with JT is going to be really intense because it's a camp friendship, and, like, we all know camp friendships. It's like, oh, I was at that camp for two weeks. You might as well have been friends for three years. I never went to camp. that's what it's like. Okay. I'm letting you know. I, I didn't really know until I started being a counselor at camp, but, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, you, you go through, like, such these really long days together. You do all these activities together, and, like, you know, you just develop these really, really close bonds. So, like, the fact that they had that weird handshake, like, I liked that moment a lot because it kind of spoke to, like, how weird camp is. I was kind of, I, I just kind of, like, as not a camp kid, I was just yeah. like, oh, it's the thing from Big. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's the other thing, like, I feel like I'm going to be running into this issue with this show where it's like, I feel, I can't tell half the time how many of these references are, like, things a kid in 2001 would potentially do, or how much of this is just the source of an adult writing it. (laughs) And I'm like, I feel like we gotta watch JT, because if I recall correctly, he quotes a lot of movies and things, and, like... How much of it would actually make sense for a kid his age to quote it? And how much of it is just this, like, older person that's like, what are the kids gonna do? I, um, I felt like, I felt like such an old person at one point when Emma's just like, I, I need to meet him, I'm in love with him. And I'm just, like, sitting there, like, like shaking my cane, like, you don't know what that, like, you're just a kid, be quiet. <laughs> I know, she's such a baby. Oh my god, we haven't even touched upon the fact that they all, like, so so for those of you who aren't fully aware of this, but you should be if you watch Degrassi, like, Degrassi prides itself on casting kids, basically. So, like, you know, the kids, they're playing characters and they're pretty much exactly the age that their character is. So, like, on one hand, you get that raw, real, on the verge of ninth grade bad fashion sense, and, like... (laughs) I, when they panned to, like, Emma's hair initially, I didn't know what I was looking at. And, like, I actually had to pause it because I couldn't understand what was happening with her hair. And I feel really mean saying that. But, like, it was just, like, this, like, true, like, resplendence of 2001 just coming at me. <laughs> okay, I feel like... I feel like shaming people's bodies, that's not cool. No, I Shaming didn't. people's hair and clothes... Those things can be changed. The hair, like, it just didn't make sense to me because it was, like, in these weird half sock buns on the side of her head. 
And I don't really understand. I feel like the stylist just like screwed her over on that one. It's like, <laughs> why, why didn't you just make them full like pigtails or something? She would look fine and she would have looked her age and it would have been great. I couldn't figure out what that was. Maybe, maybe the person had a kid about Emma's age. And like, yeah. I'm going to try this out on you before I try it out on my child. Oh, no. <laughs> maybe. Very possibly. But So that's, that's the thing, though. Like, casting people that young made when she goes to the hotel and, the, like, that dude is, like, just... You know, being a pedophile yeah. made it so much harder to watch. It's true. Like, it's I, true. I, 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 like, I sent a text to somebody. I was like, oh, God, this show went, took a horrifying turn in its second episode. Welcome to Degrassi, baby. Oh, well, like, God. That's, that's how it is. But, like, there is something to be said there. Like, it is a very harrowing scene. And, like, you know, we are very much, like, you know, we're, we're very much, like, eye-rolling at elements of that A-plot. But, like, that was legitimately terrifying, and it scared me as a kid, and it scares me as an adult, and obviously it scares me for similar but different reasons, like, yeah. both times I visit it, but, oh boy, it was scary, like, I, and I knew how it ended, but, like, it, there's something, and I assume that is, in fact, I'm pretty certain I can say I know that that's really what they're going for, like, there's something very real when it is a kid doing it as opposed to like you know i love friday night lights but like you look at taylor kitsch who's playing <laughs> tim riggins and he's like i'm a sophomore and it's like <laughs> no you're not i know you're not there's so many stories so much stuff like you watch with quote-unquote teens in it and it's just like that teen looks like he's thinking about his 401k but <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah no it's like it's like you're watching it and you're just like Oh, man, dude, like, <laughs> there's no way. But, like, so, like, there is something nice about it in that sense. And, like, you know, we could go hard on the acting issues. And, like, you know, obviously, if you're casting a kid who is 13, like, you're not going to get, probably not going to get the acting caliber you would get if you got a 20-something-year-old. But, I don't know, there's... I go back and forth on this one, because it's like, I feel like for every time, like, I, and I felt like this during the episode, like, for every line that those kids didn't deliver great, there were some really good moments. Like, the way that they interact with each other mm -hmm. is so good. Like, I love the parts, like, some of the more mundane scenes where, like, all the kids are, like, play, hanging out on the playground together, like, and they're on, like, the tire swing and stuff, mm -hmm. and they're, like, you know, swinging it around and hanging out and, like, doing all that kid type of stuff, and, like, there was something very pleasantly real about it yeah that i can see the benefits of casting somebody that age like yeah. there is something to be said about that element of it i didn't find the acting like that bad like i, I felt some of the lines were a bit clunky yeah but like other than that i felt yeah it's not it wasn't as streamlined as some of the stuff i've seen today but i felt like the kids are doing their best like mm -hmm. i mean even the some of the adults like they, you know, they have, they delivered some lines. Like fucking, like, I'll cut that out. It's okay. <laughs> Keith, like Keith, I feel like was the worst because he was just not that. Like he was, as you said, just such a caricature. I was just like, could you just give him like a little bit of depth? Yeah, right. Like, like give me something to go off of. Like that's the thing. It's like I know they were going for like this weird angle of like Caitlin felt like she needed to accelerate her life because like she's in her late 20s and I guess she's feeling the pressure but it's like 
Oh, we. It's so hard. It's so hard to watch that. Watch that. Maybe, maybe like it's another one of those cases of like when you're older. It's like <laughs> there's something because like you've been, you've seen that happen. Not that you've been there. Hopefully, maybe you have. But like, as somebody who has friends who may have tried to date someone like that, that was like horribly <laughs> mismatched. But like you just wanted to kind of feel like you needed to hit that milestone. Like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. It was really hard, and he, he was hamming it up, and it. I know that they were going for, like, he's a Hollywood guy, but, like, it was hard. It was hard. It took you out of it, honestly. Yeah, like, I just, when his scenes were done and when Joey punched him in the face, I felt very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, thanks, Joey. I don't usually say that about you, but thanks, Joey. And, though, honestly, like, the so, the just to, just to make some people less anxious, because I needed this, like... Um, what happens is, uh, Emma's mom and the principal teacher? Yeah, principal. Okay. Well, no, he's not principal yet. He's a teacher still. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. All right. Spoilers. <laughs> he, we all, like, we all kind of, I feel like you see that guy, like, yeah, he's the principal. He's destined. Oh, God. And, okay, I'm gonna get back to what I was about to say, but, like, they, like, knock on the door and, like, he's like, you move, and I'm gonna break your neck or something. I was like, just do it. Like, yeah, right? Like, it's not a waste. It's like, go for it, my guy. The men are so, like, I didn't realize, like, how macho, like, they tried to make, like, I mean, like, for in Snake's case, like, I'm like, go for it. Like, kill him. I don't care. But, like, Joey posturing and everything, and, like, only a couple scenes earlier, it was very much like, oh, I get it. Y'all, y'all are the guys. You're the big dudes. Okay, I get it. You know how to, you can swing a punch, you can shove a man. It was very much like, all right. Like, it would have been very, I feel like, if I was to rewrite that scene, I feel like I would just want Spike to pummel that man. And I feel like it would have been very satisfying. I would have loved to see her go full mama bear and just like... Spike is Emma's mom. Yeah. What is her... Her her real name is Sam? I thought it was Christine. I don't... I'm... (laughs) Oh, no. I'm gonna lose all of, like, my Degrassi points. (laughs) Oh, but what I wanted to say... While you look that up, I'm gonna just talk about the other thing. Feel free. Is there's a big thing where they're bringing some... uh, Spike's bringing some stuff. Spike and Emma and uh, JT. And it is May- Christine. I was right. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, are bringing some stuff over to the school for the reunion, and I think somebody says the line "fedoras never go out of style." Oh my god! It's not the fedoras' fault, but it's people who wear fedoras' well, fault that they've been ruined. <laughs> so like, here's the thing: like that hat, like Joey's hat, like he wore it all the time in the original series, and it was like. I was watching it, and, like, you know, every character wore it at some point amongst the two episodes, and, like, I couldn't tell what they were trying to do if it was just kind of this, like, weird little in-joke, like, just so you know, the hat's not gone, or was it supposed to be something more symbolic? And I was, like, trying to look way too far into it, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, um, if you wear the hat, you'll become more sensitive to the fact that Joey doesn't want to go to the reunion for reasons that are perfectly valid. I know! I know it's just like it's like like they went like I don't know it just seems like I'm pretty hard on Joey for various reasons and I think a lot of it is still the bitterness that I carry from um some of some of his pratfalls as a character and like I think the thing about it's very upsetting actually when you really think step out of the plot for a second and you think about that like you just had this dude who's like I don't want to go to a bar 
I don't want to go to a reunion. <laughs> I'm depressed. My wife died. We're just like very valid. And like nobody validates it. Everyone's just strong arming it in and everyone's just like, you know, like just take some shots, Joey. It's fine. <laughs> and it's like on one hand, like like I wanna believe because like here's the thing, like if they were like twenty one, I'd be like, Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But like they are in the words of Caitlin, almost 30. And, like, I want to believe, as somebody who is on the verge of being 30, I have a little bit more regard toward my friends when they are going through something so traumatic. But everyone's like, yeah, your wife died. Like, you know, it happens. Yeah, that's me. It's like, it's like you know, you wreck your car. You just, like, you walk it off and you keep going. Yeah, yeah. It's like literally everybody. But that's the thing, like, Everybody was like, just walk it off. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine, Joey. Like, who cares? And it's just like, this dude's now a single dad. Like, we haven't even touched upon the fact that he has a kid. A small kid. Yeah, like, like, this is probably the adult in me coming out, but they're like, like, Joey's gonna come out for shots. I was like, uh, that's a pretty, like, that's a pretty last minute babysitting job you have to cobble together real quick. Right? Right? Like, he's this little one and things like that. And it's just, like, it's just, like, I mean, I get it. And I kind of like it in the sense that, like, not everybody was married with kids. Like, I feel like it would have been a really easy thing to kind of hand wave. And, like, you know, a lot of storytelling, even in, like, 2001, was still kind of falling for that, like, whole, like, oh, you're in your late 20s. Oh, well, you're married and you have kids. And I kind of like that it was, like, Lucy's still getting her PhD and, like, you know... Um, other people are, like, working, but they don't quite have long-term relationships, et cetera, et cetera, and then, like, but also at the same time, it almost felt like a hindrance in the sense that they were still, like, seemed like we were supposed to believe they're still wilding out, like, <laughs> at the ripe old age of 28. When they come, like, busting into Spike's house and, like, yeah. let's drink some champagne! <laughs> I'm like, she has a kid! Like, yeah, <laughs> right? Like, they're just, like, they're, like, making a ruckus, and it's, like, I guess, like... I guess it's kind of hard to read, because, like, I feel like the way... There's a couple of ways you could read it, right? Like, you could read this as these are people who stay in... Like, they keep in touch, but I couldn't quite discern how close they were outside of it, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like, if this was a case of, like, these are my friends that I call every month and I give them, like, holiday cards and, like, this is our time to, like, have fun... Mm-hmm. I would buy it a little better, but, like, it was really hard for me to kind of read, like, are they just, like, people who are promoting irresponsibility? <laughs> or are they just people who are like, look, this is our chance to spend time together and all hang out and have a good time together. And then, like, it was really hard for me to fully read it. <laughs> <laughs> I did, um, speaking on the parenting, I did like the last scene, which is... Oh, yeah. The conversation Spike has with Emma. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's... I feel like... At least new Degrassi, unfortunately, kind of strays away from this for various... I don't fully know the reasons why. But, like, what I really... It kind of reminded me what I like about the older Degrassi episodes is, like, how much it looks at how adults impact kids' lives. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, we may, like, roast the B-plot all we want. But ultimately, there's something kind of nice. And I always like media that talks about adults, even though it's teen-targeted. Because I actually find that when you don't, it doesn't make very much sense because adults, for better and for worse, rule kids' lives. Yeah. Like, as parents, as teachers, as mentors, as media creators and things like that, like, 
And and there was something really touching about that last part. Like you could really tell that they care about each other and like mm-hmm. they are each other's worlds and it was really, really nice. Like I got I got very emotional when I got to the end and it kinda like reiterated to me like why I wanted to do this podcast was because there are these really good moments and like I don't know, there's something really nice about seeing that and I don't know. I, I also, I'm very biased. I like Spike a lot, so. It, it also actually did remind me of that's also the last scene from the first episode of My So-Called Life. Yep, yep. Like, and I just, I appreciate that scene. I appreciate this scene. Yeah, well, it's just, I don't know. There's there's something, there's something about that where it, it really touched upon it very well. Where, like, Emma's kind of talking about how, like, you know, I'm going to make mistakes, basically. Like, she's setting up and explaining, like, you know, like, things are going to happen and... It's, you know, a very eerie, not very eerie, but, like, you know, it's something to keep in mind. It's like, well, this is Degrassi. Like, (laughs) this is a school that, like, you know, has had X, Y, and Z happen to it. I suppose you're right. But, like, there is also that valid truth of, like, you know, when you're about to go to high school, like, things are different, whether you want them to be or not. The, um, her saying, I'm gonna make, like, is Emma, like, call herself a mistake? Like, yeah, she does. Because, well, so Spike had her, I think, like, in eighth grade. Oh, like, what? Emma's, like, like you know, like, um, like, Spike spends a significant amount of Degrassi, at least Degrassi High, like, with that kind of weighing on her and things like that and, like, trying to take care of the kid. And she, I won't say too much about it because they do talk about it in Next Generation a little bit and and it will lead to another plot of sorts. So I won't talk too much about it, but like, you know, it, you, it's pretty accurate. I mean, I, I haven't rewatched the series in a couple of years of that plot, so I can't speak too much about it. But like, it does kind of speak of the fact that like, you know, having a kid so young, there's going to be challenges that happen. And like, she still loves her and, you know, there might be tensions that may fly out. And... You know, I can't speak to that experience either as, like, you know, I was not a kid born of, like, a teenage parent, but, like, you know, I could understand why a kid, especially at that age, who is beginning to understand the world, might be pretty upset and may want to sling out that cheap shot, you know, when you can. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't really think I've ever seen it in a movie, but I would like to see a scene where... Like, somebody figures out how old their mom or, like, how old their mm, parent is yeah. how, to how old they are and just feel like, oh, mom was only 16 when she had me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, like, I mean, the series has already kind of established with Emma that, like, she knows. Like, she's yeah. very aware. But it would be kind of interesting to... It would be interesting to see a character understand the gravity of that situation. And, yeah. like, you know fully understand like the context of it and like emma still has a lot that she's going to learn about this whole entire thing so like i'm not going to spoil too much unfortunately it's not going to go more it's just not going to go in that quite plot but like you will see emma learn more about that in some of the story it's just a spoiler is dad just out of the picture You'll find out. Okay. <laughs> You'll find out. I want you to kind of ride it with this one. I, I, I'm going to try my best. I've only, I've already spoiled that Snake becomes a principal, so. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, 
I figure that just happens the like the normal way of like you did a good job, principal. Now I know, right? Which is absolutely how it works. Let me tell you. Oh, okay, I'm sure there's no politics or no, anything. no. There's no interview. <laughs> it's just like you're at a meeting. And the guy and like the the old principal points at you and is like, "Hey, you." <laughs> though, so here's the thing, though. With this, I am pretty sure, like from what I've you from what I've gleaned from us talking about it for this last uh, hour or so. Oh my gosh. It is just like, for all I know, he got it the normal way, or they're like, he did a motorcycle jump over the river and got it that way. Either one seems possible to me. Degrassi, it goes there. That's all I'm gonna say. You know, whenever you make any kind of, like, <laughs> guess now, I'm just gonna look at you and I'm just gonna be like, it goes there. But where there is, I guess you're gonna have to find out. Yeah, once again, it feels like watching Pretty Little Liars, but instead of just, like, this insane thing happened. Like, somebody got hit by a car. It's just like, we're going to actually touch on a real issue and not this horrifying bullying situation. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I'm... So what are your... Because I want to ask this, because I... The thing about Degrassi is because it's so long and because you know how teen dramas go and most, most long-standing TV shows, like, you, you go through certain plot things and, like plot changes and characterization changes so drastically sometimes mm -hmm. i just kind of want to get some of your initial impressions of some of the kids <laughs> there they seems to be some just real kids like these yeah. kids like they didn't i mean uh they they like there are some i, I don't think i noticed in this episode but these kids act like kids like there's they're they're teetering between in that like age where it's just like well we still go to the playground but we're becoming fully formed mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. so i feel like eventually that will just slide away and they'll just start growing up yeah. like but i feel like in hitting that age i feel like they nailed it mm -hmm. like the naivete or the um the feeling of being invincible at that age and the like naivete mm -hmm. about how bad the world is mm -hmm. or not naivete like just you just don't know yeah like you, <laughs> you don't you, know the terrors of the world you don't have the life at experience that level yet. yeah so um no i feel like these kids like I've, I've seen i've seen i'm like reaching back into my own teen girl talk experience i've seen kids who i'm just like no no teenager would act this way <laughs> like yeah the anger Emma felt towards Spike after this happened, that felt real. Mm -hmm. um, the anger, like, the going off of what somebody she idolized said felt real. Mm -hmm. So, at the end, I just felt like they felt like real kids. And I'm, you know, I'm excited to take this journey and see where they end up. <laughs> yeah, because there's, there's a lot of twists and turns. Um, but yeah, no, I was just, do you have, like, any specific character that's your favorite right now? Kind of starting off your rankings? I'm gonna make, like, a chart. I'm gonna start, like, <laughs> changing the rankings with every episode. Um, I liked, uh, Toby and JT. Yep. Okay. I like them okay. Um, I think Toby just immediately, I like Toby's being like, hey, I just met you guys, but Ari, I'm invested in your safety. It's right? Like, it's like, what a good lad. It's true, though. It's like, like, at first I was like, that's so weird. But, like, also at the same time, I was glad he was there. And, like, <laughs> you know, he he's a, he's a team player in this episode. Um, I'm pretty pumped about uh, Snake. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like the like take action prince teacher. <laughs> prince a teacher. <laughs> um, the uh, I, the Caitlin, I th- felt like I could of like her her heartfelt discussion about like I just never had a relationship that lasted more than like a few months. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, hey, this could last longer. I'm gonna go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like that was pretty. That was pretty good. But like them just hammering on me, I'm an eco warrior kind of thing. I was just like, all right, I got it. Just give yeah. me some personalization. Yeah, I think the thing is with Degrassi, and I think a lot of teen teen drama. Not really. I don't think this is only a Degrassi problem. It's like, unfortunately some of the characters get tacked on with certain things and it's like it becomes like their defining characteristic to a point (laughs) that like I feel like the writers lose their way a bit because like I mean Caitlin I'm trying to remember very much because unfortunately all I think about is like chunks at the time and and, like you know I kind of want to save re-watching the series because I want to watch it with you Mm. um but, like, a lot of the time, even when I think about Caitlyn from the series, I think about her activist efforts. Mm-hmm. And then the last, then the movie. Because there's some things that happen in the movie. Um, but it's, like, unfortunately, it feels like what could be a very interesting, nuanced characterization just gets really bogged down by, like, that one characteristic. So that by the end of it, it's like, hey, that's Caitlyn. She yeah. cares about the environment. <laughs> It's well. There's. Um, I remember watching this review of the Star Wars prequels, the mm-hmm. blanket reviews. Yeah. I, have you seen them? I haven't seen the reviews themselves. It. They make some very good points, but there's this whole stupid. He's a serial killer subplot that just is completely unnecessary through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like one of the things he says is like, you can tell a character is well written if you can pick out if you can describe them and never mention what they do. Ooh. Like, you know, yeah. Han, Han Solo, scoundrel, mm-hmm. um, like, kind of cowardly, mm-hmm. like, loyal. You never have to mention he's, a, a, like, a smuggler or whatever. Mm. And I did, f- like, these characters getting to get a little fleshed out more for me because, like, I just think of Joey, used car salesman. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Man with dead wife. <laughs> uh yes i'm a professional man of dead wife yeah well like but like still like i think there's something to be said there like maybe not just occupation but also like defining plot significance like if you can talk about the character outside of that like i think there's a lot of validity to that and i think you know with with degrassi i think they suffer from this i don't really know how much they're really gonna pass this test as we continue to watch it based on what i remember but like yeah no it's like eco warrior (laughs) <laughs> oh, there he was on the used... That was a great used car commercial, by the way. Oh, God. <laughs> that was so good. They're, like, in the bar, and they see the see Joey in a commercial, and it really gives you that vibe. Like, they nailed it. Like If, if that was you... I don't know about you, but if that was me, like, you just, like, look over at my bar stool, and you just see, like, it completely empty, and the door flaps still going yeah, right? as I flee. Uh, like, I couldn't get over, like... Okay, I was watching it, because you can actually watch Degrassi on YouTube, um, they have an official channel that they've, like, put up pretty much all of it on YouTube. Um, and, like, I don't know if this was just YouTube quality, but, like, he's so orange. <laughs> he's so orange. That's all I could think. It was just, like, th- this beautiful, like, cinematography of just, like, <laughs> warm tones everywhere. 
I like, but I felt it. I felt it in a way. It's like, man, it's like, it's like, they weren't so heavy-handed. There was so much about that B-plot in particular that I would have probably really loved. Um, but it was a bit, they don't have subtlety. <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to taking this journey. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you are. Um, so, like, to kind of, like, sum this up, so Degrassi, and the way that these episodes are kind of formatted, is it has this habit of doing very much, like, an issue of the moment type deal. I won't quite say weak, because some of the plots do carry through, but, like, there's, they take, like, hot-button issues, and they talk about them, hence, like, the internet visit visitation incident and things like that and like a lot of Degrassi go that's why they go like oh it goes there and I keep saying that in this episode is because like it gained this reputation to kind of push the limits of the media and go into directions that they may not always go that you know most teen targeted media may not go with as much intensity so I kind of wanted to like open up the last bit of the episode to kind of see if we had any recommendations that we may have that can kind of cover some of the ideas in this episode, perhaps a little better than this episode. Um, because I can't really think of anything from the A-plot. I tried, and like for whatever reason, it's really hard for me to find a lot of, like, I find that internet meeting is like a really difficult plot to kind of cover, at least at the level that I feel comfortable recommending. But I have an album to recommend if you too are a depressed late twenty something year old <laughs> and you're and, or early thirty or thirty something and your life is not looking too too hot. Um, and I wanted to recommend "I Look Like Shit" by Jeff Rosenstock, which is an excellent album. If you want to be, if you want to know what it's like to be morose and around that age bracket, um, and you kind of want to feel it at a level that might be a little more emotional, I recommend this album. Um, I recommend other stuff by Jeff Rosenstock, too, um, but I feel like that one really kind of nailed the sentiment that I think they were going for in the B-plot, <laughs> so I wanted that to be my recommendation. Um, I, I would recommend for, I'm gonna go with the pilot episode of My So-Called Life, well, because Angela Chase lies to her parents, yes. gets in over her head, and gets nearly assaulted by two old, disgusting older dudes, and then has a heart-to-heart, but, like... I, I still feel like this is fine, but it's just also, like, this hand weighs, this heavy, this hand weighs, like, three tons. Yeah, no, I second my so-called life. Um, like I said, I just revisited, I, not revisited, I just watched it, um, and it's amazing how so much of it holds up. So many of the plots speak to the truths of being a teenager today, speak to the truths of being a teenager at any point, and even the adult struggles are very compelling, so I, I also echo that. Um, hopefully we don't just sit around comparing the two series, but... If, well, if we're talking longevity, oh, yeah. Degrassi won that race. I mean, yes, yes. But um, in all seriousness, if you are interested in teen-targeted media um, and you want to see, especially with the A-plot, some of that, that weight of the plot between Emma and Spike also echo is, you could see a lot of that. I agree, you see a lot of that in My So-Called Life. Okay. So I guess we are signing off. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Hopefully it either puts you on a nostalgia run or... <laughs> Or you ran for the hills. Um, but thank you very much. Um, we will provide more contact and how you can get in touch with us and things like that. Check in... the description. Yes, check description. That's what they say. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> yep, thanks a lot. All right, later. Bye. Mother, mother.